Welcome into a brand new Jock Market Power Hour. This one for this week's Sony Open. I'm Rick Game with that right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, hello, sir. Good to see you. Good to see you too, man. I miss you already, uh, but excited to, to see you here on Wednesdays, like always, for a little PGA Power Hour. I mentioned to you before we started, we haven't had a proper cut sweat in some yeah. time. We're going to get a proper cut sweat this week. It's been too long, man, and especially the uh, the impact that it has in jock market with the dollar yeah. payouts. So um, there will be a lot of guys. I'm sure we'll talk about them that are kind of flirting right along that cut line come Friday afternoon, uh, and we'll see if we can grab some of the right ones. Yeah, so if you're just stumbling in here, welcome. We're playing stock market DFS. It's the jock market. This is kind of taking off like crazy, it seems, right? Where right now for the golf tournament that starts tomorrow, uh, you can bid on shares of golfers if you're one of the high bidders at the end of the night. The IPO is going to end right before 9 o'clock or so on the East Coast. Uh, those shares are allocated to you, but you can also short golfers, Joe. Someone asked me in my live chat today, hey, name one guy to short for this week's Sony Open. And I said, no. I'd, I, I'm, uh, you wouldn't I'm pull still, a name for him? I'm still licking my Seamus Power wounds. Oh, that's right. That was That was a rough opening start there. <laughs> yeah, Maybe we'll have to bring that in as a as a as a new segment. Uh, you know, starting here in a couple of weeks, the one guy to short for each of us. Yeah, that'll certainly end splendidly. Let me pull up uh, last week so we can kind of get on the same page here because I think last week last week is such a good example of why jock market is different than the outright market because everybody hanging on to their Colin Morikawa tickets. Uh, with a six-shot lead going into Sunday. They're they're just waiting in line at the pay window. They're ready to cash that in, Joe. And, of course, John Rahm comes from behind, finds victory, and all those outrights are now worthless. You throw them in the trash. But if you had Colin Morikawa in the jock market, you still made $14.42 per share because last Wednesday he went for $5.58 a share paid out the full $20. That is about as good of an illustration that, that I can make as the differences between these two markets. Yeah. So look, he was a good pick, right? I had some shares of him, and it's a shame that you can have a good pick and see yeah. something like that sort of coming and make nothing off of it. Um, you see there, he had better ROI than John Rahm. He had 14 dollars uh, and 42 cent profit on a five dollar and 58 cent initial buy-in which is huge um he played really well you hate to kind of see what happened late especially as a, as a straight flusher you, you kind of hate to see hate it there see but it. it didn't count for you so we'll wipe the slate clean but um it, like you mentioned it just illustrates what makes this sort of formatting so unique is that you make the right plays and he outperforms his expectation level which at five dollars and 58 cents was probably somewhere right around like 12th or 13th place. He did so easily. You get rewarded $20 per share payout. Right. You look at the other guys who were some of the top returners. Uh, John Rahm, obviously, because of the victory. Max Homa went from 501 a share to $16 a share. Tom Hoagie went from $3.45 per share to $14 per share. Tom Kim, 606 to 12 bucks. JJ Spawn, there's another good example, 252 to $10. JJ Spawn was, I think, after 36 was it after 36 where he yeah. was tied for the lead? Um, you know, that is, you know, if you're holding a JJ Spawn outright ticket, that's like, okay, I, I might get lucky here and snap yeah. off a big win. Obviously, he's going to fade, but still uh, nearly one of the highest returners in 
the jock market, he actually his ROI was actually higher than the winners, uh, John Rom and higher than Colin Morikawa's. Yeah, only behind uh, Tom Hoagie, who finished a couple spots higher. But you're right. You you it, after 33, 34 holes, if you're holding a JJ Spawn outright ticket in the Tournament of Champions, uh, you're looking for a way to hedge out of that bet, right? So um, this is such a, you can feel good about it. You can feel good that you made the right play, and obviously huge returns there. Um, you know, almost tripling your money per share. Yeah, if you want to get involved in this, the code you're looking for, it's power. There's a link in the description. Get you involved, $100 uh, deposit match, and you can get rocking and rolling into these markets for as little or as much as you would like. Let's talk about this week. Sony Open, we mentioned there's a cut. So th- this is going to change kind of the, di- the dynamic of things. If, you, if your golfer misses the cut, they're going to get that $1 per share payout. There are ways that you can kind of follow along live and try to pick pick off different uh, opportunities as they're coming up as we get closer to the cut line. But let's refresh the people a little bit, Joe, on how best to kind of deal with these cut events. Yeah, so... We have a full payout structure as well this week, which we should mention. It's unlike the century, which was kind of shortened. So um, the top 12 spots are all going to pay out double digits, $10 or higher, incrementally higher than that. You'll see in the app now, if you're new to it, a fair value projection for each and every player. That's going to basically give you a break-even point for that player. And when you slide over and put whatever dollar amount you want to bid on them, it's going to tell you what finishing place that they have to hit in order to pay out positive for the week. Um, so, yeah, there's all kind of guys in the field. We have a, a, you know, a massive field this week, normal cut line. Everyone who misses the cut is going to still return you something in a dollar per share. But you're really looking for a lot of guys, you know, down low who are going to be able to make that cut and maybe finish in the top 30 or 40. And if you're going to bid on the guys up top, you really want to feel like the floor is high for them. And you want to feel sort of safe that they're that they're hopefully going to get through that cut line and compete uh, toward the end of Sunday afternoon. Okay, I love that. Now let's uh, let's pick out a few names before we jump into the big board, and we have a dashboard that'll show you the live pricing as we continue to go on for the next forty minutes or so. But we want to play a little game called bullish or bearish, where we take a stand on four different golfers. And uh, Joe, let's start right out of the gate with a couple of the big question marks here. Uh, we'll start with Hideki Matsuyama, who admittedly has not been very good in the jock market. You're looking, if you're watching on YouTube at his last 20 cash markets, he's a big time loser, 25% in the negative. There's been a lot of WDs. There's been a a disqualification. There's been a lot of poor play. Are you bullish or bearish tonight on Hideki Matsuyama using a $5 and 67 cent fair value? That's only 30th or better. Yeah, the fair values, I think, are a little low. I do believe that he clears that uh, pretty easily tonight, but he's seventh in sort of the pre-rank. I don't think he's going to live up to that expectation, Rick. I have some concerns. Um, He's played this event a ton, but besides the win last year, he really hasn't played this tournament all that well throughout his career. His strokes gain numbers versus expectation are in the bottom eight in the entire field at the Sony um, he, he mentioned some comments that he's still dealing with this neck and it's gotten a little bit better, but he hasn't played back to back in forever. He hasn't gotten this much routine and practice in two consecutive weeks in quite a long time. I think that he's still kind of trying to gear himself up for the upcoming season. I don't love the course fit, which is strange to say about a defending champion, but I'm going to say bearish here. What about you? Oh, you're muted. Such a rookie move. Yes, I'm absolutely <laughs> muted. The if you look at his stats, 
the it it does look like a like a nagging injury, right? Like that's kind of what the stats look like. This thing where he's you know kind of chasing and the ball striking's not there, and I and I hate to see it, but I'm I'm much more bullish on him than you are. And I think what we've seen basically historically in the jock market is that Hideki Matsuyama goes overlooked. It doesn't matter if he comes in as one of the favorites. It doesn't matter if he comes in in great form or, or horrible form, he gets overlooked and he's gauge strokes putting in six straight. He's trying to figure out the long game goes to a place where he's the defending champion. I'm going to take a much more bullish approach than you are, but I'm like a six and a half out of 10 in terms of how excited I am about Hideki this week. Yep. It's interesting. The other big question mark in this field uh, is Jordan Speed. Now, these two were big question marks last week, and now they're you know more expensive in every market. Uh, obviously, Speed. I feel like I say this every single week. Could finish dead last. Could win the golf tournament. Are you bullish or bearish on Jordan Speed? I'll say bullish. Um, it was interesting to listen to his press conference as well, where someone kind of pushed him on. Um, I guess some course fit stuff for Spieth. And I think that he kind of had like a realization moment when answering the question where he was like, you know, I, I, I like in my head to play a lot of courses, which are driver heavy. Um, but then he kind of like, you could see him realizing that some of his best success is not on those type of courses. So what he may like to play uh, may not be his best fit. If you go back to the last uh, sort of 15 starts uh, in jock market, you know, he's he's got seven positive return, eight negative, uh, 21% ROI. Now, conveniently, that includes the $25 payout right there at the end. But look at these courses, Heritage, um, AT&T Byron Nelson, Charles Schwab, even the Open Championship. These are short golf courses where you don't have to hit nearly as much driver off the tee, and you can really tend to sort of lean on, on what he excels at, which is short game around the greens, um, making birdies on par fours. I kind of like the fit for Spieth. Now he was terrible. Wasn't I don't, I don't want to say terrible. He was good around the green, but he wasn't great putting last week. I think that these greens being so flat and generally easy um, will will sort of mitigate that little bit of a struggle and rut that he's in right now. It's easy to putt from five feet, which has kind of been his like nagging <laughs> little range there. So hopefully he can roll those in. Uh, I like the spot for Spieth. I'll say bullish. Oh man. Well, at least it makes for good context. We're kind of on opposite sides of these. I, I think I'm, I think I'm much more bearish than you are understanding the volatility, right? If I'm building a portfolio and I want to take on risk, Jordan Spieth is probably one of the, the big risk takers I want to take on. But mm-hmm. you know, last week at Kapalua, that course, and he said this himself, it reminds him a lot of Augusta National. Yeah. You know, it is uh, the undulation and the way that you can kind of rely on your creativity and all that fun stuff. And it was a T13, and he played okay. Nothing nothing great. He played okay. This is kind of a big-time opposite of what we saw last week. And for what it's worth, they're trying to grow the rough out a little bit thicker this year. It's going to be probably an inch thicker than normal and three inches of Bermuda rough. It's not the worst thing in the world, but it's certainly a little bit tricky. If you're missing a lot of fairways like Jordan Spieth tends to do, I think you've got your work cut out for you. I just, I, I worry about the putter. I, I just worry about kind of like everything right now. So I'm going to take a, a bearish approach on, on Jordan Spieth. Fair enough. A couple other guys, two more, one more at the top of the board. And these are, these are very uh, conservative fair values. I imagine a lot of these guys are getting over their, their fair values. I don't know if jock market 
what they do change the calculation on these yeah they're a little wonky this week they're just low um but really the only it, it matters until the ipo close right? right the market and the players and the users are ultimately going to determine what a player's value is so i think that the order is relatively correct in terms of where they have them projected ranked but yeah the the dollar amount right now in terms of what their projections are is, is a bit low brian Harmon is next he's the second pre-ranked golfer his fair value here is six dollars and thirty cents, which would be like twenty sixth place. I, I think he's going to go for more than that. He was eight ten at the RSM Classic. He was six fifty five at the uh, at the Mayakoba event. He was six thirty three in Las Vegas. So he has a history of kind of getting over this. Seems like he's going to go over. Um, but he is the second pre ranked golfer. So are you bullish or bearish tonight on Brian Harmon? Could it depend on where that price kind of ends up for me? There's there's kind of a, a, a middling point where I think that he's. Gonna, I'm gonna cross him off. I'll say bullish though. The last ten starts, uh, five profitable ones, five negative ones, but 78% ROI. I mean, the guy is just crushing it and has shown a ton of upside. And that's without a win. It's with a couple second place finishes in a third. Uh, coming into this week is one of the favorites. It's a great fit for him. Obviously, he's a great putter, particularly on Bermuda grass. A great score on these shorter courses and par fours with these dog legs. Um, just a spot where I expect him to have success. And he's one of those guys that I feel are relatively safe. Unlike Spieth, you brought up a good point in sort of how much risk do you want to take on? Because I feel like he can win, but there's also a scenario where he misses the cut. Harmon, I feel like, has a much higher floor and that I think he's a much safer pick to probably top 20, top 15 this week. Uh, I like it. I'll be bullish. Yeah, that's that's a pretty fair assessment of Brian Harmon. Um more likely to finish like T12 than, yeah. you know, but, but Jordan Spieth going to win much more frequently. And and that's kind of where I'm stuck here, right? You know, Brian Harmon is getting a premium pre-rank. He's getting a premium price in the betting market. Uh, he's getting a lot of premium. Lo- I, I'm not quite there, especially because on paper, this should be a pretty good spot for him, but he has not played well in the last four trips here it's like a miscut a t32 something in the 40s and something in the 50s so i'm a little bit cautious about how out of hand brian Harmon's price is going to get tonight there's a price for everybody i think by the time this thing closes because of that pre-rank and how valuable it is in the jock market it breaks all ties i'll probably end up with very little brian Harmon, which probably puts me on the bearish side of things okay Three for three. I don't think we've ever been on the opposite side of all four. I know. It might happen. Uh, the last guy, I don't think so. The last guy's Hayden Buckley. Uh, Hayden Buckley, we are going with tonight as the, oh boy, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling. 46th pre-ranked golfer. Uh, fair value 423. He will smash that. Uh, are you bullish or bearish on Hayden Buckley? I'm bullish. Um, so I think we are going to be on the same side of this. We know Run Good loves him, That's some right. Hayden Buckley. Um, he's been great, man. Last 15 starts, nine of them have returned you a profitable ROI in those. He's been consistently good. I do like this course fit for Hayden Buckley. I do like his prospects of having a good 2023 season, given where things ended in the late summer and fall when he kind of basically right around the U.S. Open. He really figured something out with his swing. And ever since then, I you know, he, he switched over to the decade, you know, 
method, which has kind of freed him up, and he's been a much better player ever since. Um, I'll continue to be bullish at the 46 pre-ranked spot, but I think given his popularity in the Run Good mm. channel and all the people in here that are also in the jock market, uh, he's going to get some love tonight. Yeah, he's definitely no secret. Um, right. I'm obviously going to be bullish on Hayden Buckley. I cannot wait for what 2023 you know, reveals for him. He's such a good driver of the golf ball, dare I say elite or at least elite adjacent driving the golf ball and trying to figure out the rest of his game along the way. This is a place where if you drive it well, uh, that's kind of half the battle. Then you start figuring out everything else from there. So yes, I'll take a, a, a bullish approach on Hayden Buckley. I can already tell you he's basically already at his fair value right now. He's $4 wow. and 25 cents a share. So the, the, this is going to, this is going to continue to, to climb uh, for Buck Daddy. <laughs> that concludes our bullish or bearish segment. We have until just before or very close to 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight. So we have 28 minutes to go in this IPO. You want to get your bids in. You want to use the code POWER. Get your deposit bonus. You want to rock and roll from there. I'm about to unveil the big board. Is there any scenario, Joe, any, any scenario in which Tom Kim is not by far the most expensive golfer on the slate tonight. Not by the end of IPO, no. He matches up the skill set, the course fit, and what is most important in many situations within the jock market IPO, uh, public perception is roaring at an all-time high on the Tom Kim train. Let's see. Uh, doubled your money last week, the Century Tournament of Champions. He is the number one pre-ranked golfer this evening. He's already $7.58 a share, so he is already over his fair value for this evening. That puts him closer to, uh, let's see, seven fifty-eight. That would be like 20th or better, and he is going to continue to climb from here. This actually might be, unless he wins a couple more times or wins another time, Joe, we were, well, first of all, we're already at an all, oh no, we're not already at an all time high for Tom Kim. He went for 956 of the Zoso. We're probably going to get an all time high and that might stand for a while because he's going to play a lot of elevated events after this. Yeah, you're right. He's in everything. Um, good to see him back out here about consecutive weeks. You just like, you have to wonder like at what point, and we talk about this all the time in the jock market, um, at what point is everyone buying the stock where it's a time to potentially fade it? I'm scared to do that with Tom Kim, which with how good he's playing right now. Uh, but it, it just feels like things have been blown slightly out of proportion. Corey Connors is next $6 and nine cents at the moment. I must admit, and I I mean, this could sound really bad come Sunday evening. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't really get the Corey Connor stuff. I realize he has three really good starts here. I realize this is one of the few places he can putt. He's a loser in six straight cash markets. He's been abysmal since the Tour Championship. He was horrible at the President's Cup. That's not even included during this run. This is strictly a course history conversation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you 100%. If I, here comes one that will come back to haunt me. Don't clip it. If I could pick one player to short this week, it'd be Corey Connors. Look, every time he's played the Sony, I believe it's four starts. He's averaged like three and a half strokes gained putting. Mm -hmm. Um, that's the weakest part of his game. So 
that's obviously been huge in his correlation to success is all of a sudden a terrible putter putts really great here. Is that predictive? It's, it's already the most hard to predict stat in terms of, you know, when is a player going to gain and lose, but we know he's not going to be a good putter. So all of his success here has, has, you know, been disproportionately aligned with, with increased putting numbers that are way above his expectation level. If that comes back to normal and, and he gains even or even plus one strokes putting, which is way above his norm. Um, all of a sudden, he doesn't finish in the top 20. I'm lower on him. The other numbers have been troubling as well in terms of off the tee in his last five starts where he normally just crushes it. Uh, there's some things that I don't love, so I'm willing to sort of fade the sticky course history narrative that that happens at Lai and go the opposite direction on Connors as well. I mean, he's a loser all the way back to... Jeez. Oh my God. Forever. Is he a, is he a perpetual like 40? Oh, there we go. 46 starts ago. Last 46, I can get him to a 1.5% winner. But yeah. uh, well, that uh, after that, he's a loser. Yeah. It's crazy. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Be- because he also doesn't have the upside, right? Yeah. It's like exactly. it's like he doesn't have any, he has zero. $20 wins in here. He's got zero $25 wins in here, which is your victory. And it's just like, and then he's playing poorly. Yeah. I think that he's, so I think that he's a good like DFS or fantasy player. So a lot of people sort of um, align that with he's a, he's a good player in other formats. He's not a good outright bet. He's not really good in jock market because his expectation level is not that he's going to make the cut and make a lot of birdies and maybe make an eagle or two. It's that he's got to outperform his expectation, which is always very high. He's got to finish like 12th or better typically to do so. Um, you know, it's it, it is a good course fit for him in terms of the importance of hitting fairways. You mentioned that the rough is up a little bit, but uh, six dollars and nine cents I'm seeing already. I think that he's probably in the top five players on the board tonight when things close. Uh, the next tier of five dollar golfers. There's a lot of great names here. Tom Hoagie, Keith Mitchell, Matt Kuchar, Mav McNeely. Then we rounded out with Russell Henley, Keegan Bradley, Jordan Spieth. Any one or two guys in there that you've clicked the favorite button on so that you can keep an eye on as the evening goes on. Yeah, I've got Henley. Um, This is like you mentioned with Morikawa last year. That was Henley at the Sony, right? Mm -hmm. Burned everyone on the back nine in terms of an outright ticket, but still finished second uh, and still made jock market users a ton of money. And that's kind of been his MO. He's another good, like, course history type player, but I think that he has more upside with the putter and with the wedges than Corey Connors does at this point. Um, I I think that depending upon the price, I've definitely got him favorited and got my eye on him. Uh, Who do you like in this range? You know, I've been a sucker for Maverick McNeely and I'm, and I might continue to be, you know, he's a winner in four of his last five markets and he's, he just seems to be getting better, right? You can see he's, he's bigger, he's stronger. The, his game is like literally just getting better all the time. Um, I'm interested to see what his 2023 looks like. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on him. He's got a better, he has a better pre-rank than Kucher than Mitchell and even, even than Hoagie. So like that, that kind of yeah. helps as well. Where do you stand on the prevailing narrative of a boost to the guys who played a century? Because obviously McNeely's not one. Do you think it's just coincidental that they happen to be the best players, or are you putting some merit to that to that sort of talking point? Yeah, I think they're I think they're historically like the twenty best players in the field. And yeah, and if there's, you, the golf courses are so different, so different. Yeah, <laughs> and and it's not like 
Uh, like I can assure you, Mav McNeely played golf last week. Like I, I, I saw. Like I know that for sure. So it's not like he's not playing. I, you can argue it's it's different in tournament conditions, but yeah. I, if you gave me the twenty best players in every single field, you're going to find a lot of wins there. You're going to find a lot of wins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next tier, the four dollar guys, Cam Davis. Yep. Uh, Andrew Putnam, Nick Hardy. We already talked about Hayden Buckley. Here's Sung Jay. He'll obviously come up from here at $3 or excuse me, the, the third pre-rank, but Ben Griffin gets a little bit of a boost, Grayson Sig, and we already talked about Hideki. So is there someone else in here that you think is worth consideration for this evening? I mean, I think Sung Jay is going to obviously climb right behind Tom Kim pretty close there. I, depending on how big that price gap is, um, I like the upside of Sung JM. Uh, sort of not the flavor of the month anymore in terms of a young player. We haven't seen yeah. really like the breakthrough wins that we're looking for, but he's so consistent. Um, I really like the way that he's been ball striking it lately. I think that uh, this is a great course fit for him. I think that if you run you know, on your website or any other one where you can run a bunch of simulations, he finished finishes either at the top or second at the top in terms of win rate. Uh, I, I do feel like the floor is very high on Sung JM this week, and I'm willing to sort of, you know, potentially shift some dollars there if he's a good price. Yeah. It's like, he's been quietly very, very good. Um, mm-hmm. And last 20 starts in the jock market, average ROI, 16%. I mean, Steady. that's great. Yeah. You'll take that every single time. Let me refresh this real quick and see, uh, how the market is shaping up. We've got about 20 minutes or so to go here. If you want to get involved, the code you're looking for power, there's a link in the description, gets you your hundred dollar deposit match and you can join in on the fun. Let's see what we've got here. Uh, yep. Tom Hokey still holding strong at the top. Corey Connor, Sung JM is getting a little bit of a boost. He's now up to $4 and 25 cents, but let's continue down the value area here. Here's the $3 to $3 and 54 cents. Horschel, Siwoo Kim, Ryan Armour, Zach Blair, Chez Reeve. Then we get Robbie Shelton, Justin Suh, and how about this guy, Adam Svensson, rounding out the group. What do we think about this tier here? I love Svensson. We talked about it last week. Under 72, 7,300 yards. You just play him. Seventh last year. Had an awful putting week last week at the Century. Um, I but But he flipped that at the RSM. So, like, if you look at the differences in those two greens, now he's a volatile putter as it is but huge undulating like greens at the century. If you look at the greens at the RSM, they're a lot like Sony because it's coastal. They're flat. And what happens when you're right on a flat surface along the coast is they, they can't physically put a ton of break in those greens because that air coming off of there will dry them up and they'll get hard and they'll get impossible uh, to have certain pin placements if you have a ton of slope on them. So by nature, they're much flatter. I think that these are a lot closer to the greens he saw at the RSM Classic where he got that victory than anything close to what he saw last week. Um, still did okay on approach. You would like to see a little bit of, uh, of a better performance there. But but let's be like in that $3 range. I mean, Billy Horschel's in a different class of player. What I haven't heard yeah. his name at all. Like what what I, why did no one like him? I I wrote I wrote him up uh for my newsletter. I was like, what are we doing here, guys? Yeah. Right? I I mean, he is yes, he is definitely in a different tier than a lot of his peers. You know, he told Sports Illustrated last week that he was that he was not going to play the Sony Open. And his oh, okay. game was in horrible shape and all this stuff, but he is obviously playing it. The other thing is, and this is kind of this kind of goes back to the Svensson conversation. He lost uh Horschel, that is, lost six and a half strokes off the tee at Kapalua. 
Svensson lost eight and a half strokes putting. It is probably impossible to lose six and a half strokes off the tee at Wiley, and it is probably impossible to lose eight and a half strokes off the tee, or excuse me, eight and a half strokes putting at Wiley. Because when you think about those those drives that those guys hit at Kapalua, 370 yards, 380 yards, 400 yards with all the undulation. If you hit one or two OB or a little bit off, like you're going to lose like four strokes to the field immediately. Like it's just, it's just horrible. And the same thing, there's just not enough. The, the, the greens at Wiley are not hard enough or penal enough to lose eight and a half strokes putting. So I'm expecting both of these guys to bounce back in a big, big way. Billy Horschel, um, Billy Horschel is legit upside and no one, no one seems to care or talk about it. He's finished seventh here. And I think he has like a 31st or something like that in his last two years. Yeah, that's wild. And just the caliber of tournaments that he's won, yeah. um, are, are above and beyond anyone else in this range. The $2, uh, I won't read them all because there's a lot. Taylor Montgomery is the 14th pre-ranked offer. He's still here. I love the guy that will continue to climb. Um, you know, Cole Hammer, Joe, we saw him get out to a hot start in Sea Island. I think he ended up finishing seventh or eighth, and he had like a T27 the start before that. So there's a couple of interesting names down here. Even Tyson Alexander we saw pop once or twice in the fall. Are there any targets here that you think are worth keeping an eye on? Yeah, you mentioned it with Montgomery. That's obviously going to move. He's the one that doesn't belong there. Tyson Alexander is another good one that I was going to mention. I kind of had my eye on him as is, you know, Montgomery's going to get all the love as the corn fairy guy and, and, but, you know, he's going to be PGA Tour Rookie of the Year. But Tyson Alexander is like in that next tier for potentially the second best guy coming up this year. I think that he could have a very surprising year and will be much lesser known in many formats, at least to start the season, I think, than Montgomery. Um, the other guy that you had there that I wanted to mention was... Let me pull it right back up real quick. Yeah, while you're doing that, if you look at Tyson Alexander, if you just watch his swing you might think it's Adam Scott. Like it is so pure and looks so good. It's unbelievable. The other one I wanted to mention was Patton Kazire. Mm. Um, been really bad, but this is an interesting spot for him where obviously I think he has a victory in the past. Um, and if you believe in the course history narrative that is around Wiley, I think he could be a decent fit, but I just saw him go from two bucks all the way up to three seventy seven. So yeah, and he actually I, hasn't been that bad. I mean, he made the cut uh, at Shriners and then it was horrible on the weekend, but mm-hmm. then he finished T 10 at Mayakoba where he gained eight shots to the field and he finished T uh, 35 at the RSM classic and he gained strokes across the board. So this is, this is it's small, but this is not horrendous. Yeah. Of the, so I think these guys, all these guys down here are going to have strengths and weaknesses of their game. There's no, there's not necessarily super well-rounded players down here in the $2 range. What is like the one sort of element or strokes gain thing that, that you're placing a little bit more emphasis on at, at the Sony versus normal events? Like what gets a little bit of a boost for you when you're looking at player strengths? Yeah, it, it, probably uh, the model says, strokes gain putting should get a little bit of a boost. Okay. Uh, I think it is probably approach and putting, but okay. I would also not mind. I think the, like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how much of a big deal it is to go from two inches of Bermuda rough to three inches of Bermuda rough. And like mm-hmm. your ball is kind of wonky and can knuckle and it can be a little, just a lot more unpredictable out of three inches of Bermuda. And I, I'm leaning. I, I would not be surprised if 
this thing starts tomorrow and guys are catching flyers or it's coming out soft or they're just like unable to control it out of Bermuda like we've seen in the past. Yes, I would agree there. Um, I like a little bit more of around the green game, but what you mentioned on the rough, I really didn't put a whole lot into, but you make a great point. Bermuda grass by nature, and I deal with it down here in Florida, is like a sturdy, like thick blade of grass. Mm -hmm. So a three-inch Bermuda grass rough is is like a four-and-a-half-inch rough that you would see at the U.S. Open. It's impossible to spin the ball out of, which makes it really difficult to hold the greens. Now, this course, you're not going to be coming in with a lot of four or five irons, um, so that'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Um, I know those were the reports early in this week. We interested to see if they, you know, if they come in Wednesday or Thursday morning and cut that down a little bit or make any adjustments to it. Cause sometimes they like to, I know with the Honda, like they'll grow it up every year and it will be like impossible on Monday, but then they'll come in and shave right. it all off like Wednesday night before they start playing. Yeah. And then they'll just let it grow for the rest of the week. They just won't exactly. touch it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, interesting, interesting to see here. Let's flip this board around and look at it from a pre-rank perspective. Uh, Brian Harmon has not moved off $1. Obviously that's going to change soon, but Tom Kim already at nine bucks. So he's 56 cents away from his fair, uh, his all time high yeah. tonight. Sung J M at 525 Jordan at 575 Keegan Bradley at five bucks. The back end of this 10 of this top 10, we have not talked about. KH Lee currently a dollar and fifty cents per share. He went out and finished T seven last week. It was great stuff. Adam Scott still at a dollar. He was a little disappointing at the tournament of champions. And then Chris John Bazadenhout, he's getting a little more love. Four sixty two. He's lost in three of his last four cash markets. So what do you make of the back end of this top ten? Okay, so I did a quick little refresh there, and some of those guys got a little bit of okay. a boost, but I did bet. For I'll be, I bet KH Lee and Adam Scott this week. I like them both. KH Lee has just been so good. Um, the finish last week, I, I was not expecting by any means to T7 at the century or go third place at Congaree. Like this guy just shows up at places you do not think are a great course fit for him, and he just has a game that travels. He was great at the President's Cup as well. Um, I also like Adam Scott. I think that he's due for a, a, a decent little bounce back year. Um, we talked about it a little bit in Vegas, but I think that he's he's much less stressed this season with all the live stuff, you know, sort of surrounding his inner circle. Um, I like the fact that he's playing back to back weeks like we he doesn't play a whole lot. But the fact we're seeing him again is really nice. He did not putt well last week, but he has been a good putter and some good finishes down the stretch. I believe two top fives in the playoffs. And what you don't see on there is a second place finish at the Australian Open about a month ago. So right, um, nice to see Adam Scott sort of come back around. And it's another situation like Horschel, like depending on his price, um, the guy just has a skill set and a talent level. Level that is probably clear the other guys who are priced right around him and, and will hopefully end that way by the time this IPO closes. Yeah, that's probably worth noting. Guys like, you know, Cam Davis also played two Australian event yeah. or two events in Australia. They're actually DP World Tour events, but yeah. uh, that don't show up on the jock marker show up on his PGA Tour number. So uh, these guys have been staying active. There's there's a lot of like the guys that I want to invest in in 2023, Joe, and I might as well just start now, like the Alex Smallies of the world and Grayson Sig. And I mean, we already talked about Hayden Buckley, but even like Nick Hardy, like these guys that I'm just excited about, you're going to be hard pressed to keep them out of my portfolio this week. 
Yeah, a lot of the young guys, they, they just want to get off to a great start, right, in 2023. Um, the impact that the FedEx Cup being being shrunk in terms of the number of players that they're carrying over has to be thought about in these circles. Like, it's going to be harder and harder to sort of maintain your card. So for these young players, the Nick Hardys, the Hayden Buckleys, um, Grayson Siggs, like, the, all the incentive in the world is to show up at events like the Sony where you're not going to have to slay too many dragons and start out hot for the season so i think that they've definitely been putting in the practice work here in their their short little off season and you you know that they want to come out of the gate strong in honolulu uh will gordon's another one i believe he's a palm beach coconut is he not he definitely he's yeah. actually on the bench this week i might tough scene. i thought about starting him i went with jt poston instead so that was my sort of coin flip there uh will gordon so you have to kind of go back a little bit to his corn fairy stuff but i mean look at this stretch where he goes T5, T5 win, 46, 26. That ended his corn fairy season. Then he's made every cut in the fall, seven starts. And then in two of his last three, he had a third in Mayakoba, a T15 at the RSM Classic, and he is very, very good with the driver. Yeah, he's gaining a ton of strokes off the tee and ball striking there, which is great to see. would love to see a little spike putting week. Maybe this is the week. Uh, fingers crossed, because I bet him at like 100 and... 10 to one or something outrageous like that. Um, Let's flip it around. Let's go look at the top of the board again here. So we're kind of closing in on the home stretch in just a minute or two. We're going to let Joe go battle you in the market. So you can uh, take some golfers away from him and then we'll check in with him in a second, but we've got about seven or eight minutes until this thing closes the code. You're looking for power link, the description, get involved. Tom Kim standing strong at the top of the board. It is nearly a $2 gap between him and everybody else, $9 and 46 cents a share. Sung JM, 750. Corey Connors jumped out to like 685. Hasn't really moved since then. Russell Henley and Brian Harmon finally filling in behind. So Joe, this, um, this market has kind of like, to me, a big four. Let's call it Tom Kim, Sung JM, Jordan Spieth, Hideki Matsuyama. I'll be very interested to see spots five through 12 and yeah. then like 13 through 50 how that shakes out yeah five through 12 will be interesting to see kind of where i think henley and connor's play out within there but this is too big of a gap between sung jm and tom kim like i i have a feeling that's going to close um i understand and respect and love all the tom kim does but uh sung jm jordan spieth hideki right under there um, you have to love the discount there and how many positions in terms of, of final payout that that really opens up if you go down $2 and $2 and 50 cents off the top. All right, Joe, get out of here. Go All do, right. go do your thing. It's eight fifty three PM Eastern time by my clock. So we'll check in with Joe in a couple of minutes when this thing closes. And Joe just spoke it into existence because oh. Sung J M is now the most expensive golfer in this jock market. Not sure we saw that coming. $9.55 a share, the most expensive he's been since the Zozo Championship. He was $10.50 that week. Before that, this is the most expensive he's been since ooh, the Honda Classic last year, coming up on uh, the anniversary of that, $9.75. So we are in rarefied air to get Sung JM over $9.50. That's exactly where he's at. Tom Kim, $9.46, still sporting the number one pre rank. That will certainly be valuable as we close in on the last couple of minutes here. And then things are heating up on Hideki. Maybe, maybe this is not the week as a defending champion. He gets overlooked. 
He's been a big loser five in a row, lost you 77% in each of the last two, but we're coming back for more punishment. The, the jock market users are glutton for punishment. Russell Henley couldn't close this thing out last year, but he did end up getting a victory in the fall. That was at Mayakoba. That was the only positive return he's had since the Wyndham Championship. So we got to kind of get Russell Henley on the right side of things. He and Brian Harmon are both $7 per share right now. Harmon sporting the second pre-rank. Henley sporting the 11th pre-rank. Jay Spieth, Jordan, $6.99. He's your fourth pre-ranked golfer. He's a loser in four straight, five of his last six. He was a small winner at the BMW Championship. That's the last time we saw a victory from Spieth, but this is the most expensive that he's been since the Open Championship. And then Corey Connors, who I swear has been stuck on $6.85 for, I don't know, 35 minutes. Uh, loser in six straight markets. Jumped out immediately tonight. Has really slowed down as of late. Let me refresh the big board so I can make sure I have the most up-to-date numbers because we've got about five minutes to go. 8.55 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. We'll see how the rest of the night shakes out. we got a battle at the top. Real good battle at the top. 955 for Sungjae, 952 for Tom Kim. There we go. Corey Connors. There's the big jump. Now $8 per share. He's the third most expensive golfer. This is wild to me. He's probably going to win it. I don't understand. He'll probably win this. Let me turn it around to look at the pre-ranks. And the cheapest top 10 golfer that you can get right now, Christian Bezadenhope, $5.06. Adam Scott also in the $5 at 589 Billy Horschel getting a little bit more love. The six pre-ranked golfer going up to $6 per share. Just to put a reference point out there, $6 per share is asking him to finish 28th or better. 28th or better for Billy freaking Horschel. Uh, pretty interesting to see. Tom Hoagie, KH Lee, Taylor Montgomery living in the middle of that $6 range, all more expensive than Billy Horschel. Going further down the board into the fives, Denny McCarthy, the best putter on Bermuda. Honestly, best putter on most surfaces. $5.43 a share. Cam Davis, $5.85. That's certainly going to have my full attention. J.J. Spawn, are you a recent form or are you a course history guy? If you're a recent form, you're buying J.J. Spawn at $5.14. If you're a course history guy, you are staying away or maybe even shorting J.J. Spawn because he has been abysmal. At Wildlife, which doesn't make any sense because this should be a pretty good fit for him. Alex Smalley finished his fall off with an absolute flurry. T11, T4, T5, 49%, 189%, and 154% ROI for Smalley. See if he'll be able to continue that success this week. He is still cheaper than any of those three other stars. We'll see if he gets over uh, $5.12, which would be the cheapest of the trio. Will Gordon, $4.77. We spoke about him. This is probably... The most expensive he's ever been? No, that's not true. He was $5.15 just at the Houston Open. So forget me. Uh, Hayden Buckley, $4.60 per share right now. He sports the 46th pre-rank. It's a pretty tough pre-rank for Hayden Buckley, especially when you've got other guys like Harris English sitting there at the number 20 spot. That's going to be tough to break some ties. The real value on the second page of the board, let's go see it. Brandon Wu, who got into this field late, $2.95 per share. He's a loser in three of his last four markets. Uh, there's that Tyson Alexander. Big return in Houston. And winner in three of his last four, $2.77. Cole Hammer. Cole Hammer has been a big winner in two straight. T27, T5. He's $2.70 per share. Who else do we have down here? Matty Schwab, $2.36 a share. Anybody else that stands out to me as I go through? 
Mm, no, not particularly. Let me refresh the big board because we've got maybe a minute, maybe two. <laughs> we'll see. 8.58 p.m. Eastern time by my clock. The coach is looking for its power. Get involved. Go get your bids in, and we're going to find out when this market closes. Tom Kim, back at the top. 10 bucks a share. There you go. So now we have achieved the $10 mark for Tom Kim. Uh, $0.45 cent gap to Sung Jam at nine fifty five, and then Corey Connors in a tier of his own at $8. Any big movement that we've seen in the last couple of minutes? Looks like Jordan Spieth got a little bit of a boost. seven fifty five. He's your fourth pre-ranked golfer. That kind of makes a little bit of sense. Matt McNeely trying to break through the $6 mark along with JT Poston and Adam Scott. So that was a little bit of a bump. Uh, let's see, Svensson now up to four ninety nine. That's a pretty good deal, you guys. That's a really good deal. His fair value was four seventy eight. That was thirty fifth or better. He's not moving anywhere. That's pretty good. Uh, Jaeger is just a quarter over his fair value. That was fortieth or better. I think that's gotta probably go up here in the next. I don't know, ten seconds. That's that might be all that we have left. I've got eight fifty nine. Okay, an early didn't, one. I think didn't even have ten seconds. Had like <laughs> three after I said that. IPO is closed. So the bids are done. There's still plenty more to do, but uh, the bids are in. We're going to wait for the dust to settle, make sure we get the final pricing. We're going to hear from Joe's team, and then we'll talk about how this transitions into a live event in just a second. But yeah, that was a little, was it a little on the early side? It felt on the early side. Yeah, there were 100% like I was losing guys left and right. Like it was moving very fast. I don't know if it speaks to the amount of users that were in it tonight, but um, particularly guys sort of at the bottom were just climbing like 30, 40, 50 cents um, almost instantaneously down there the last two minutes. Okay. I'm going to refresh, um, see if I have the most up-to-date numbers here. And I believe i do okay cool all right uh before i reveal the big board joe why don't you give us your oh you were a morikawa holder last week i was okay so that obviously could have been better but i guess it could have been worse if you had an outright ticket on him as well but yeah um okay what what do we got for this week here's what we got um at the top in the seven dollar range i got spieth and henley uh, Spieth at 760, Henley at 720. That's going to require them both to basically like top 20 as a break-even point roughly in there. Um, in the sort of the middle tier, uh, Adam Scott, 589. Um, to be honest, I had a lot of shares of Cam Davis that got swooped on late, but I'm happy to be able to pivot down to a cheaper spot there in Adam Scott. And then in the $4 range, I collected three players. Uh, Chris Kirk at 453, Hayden Buckley at 475, and Ben Griffin at 433. Um, all those guys are essentially going to have to like top 40, top 38 in order to pay that off. So I need some cuts uh, and I need maybe a good finish out of one of them. And, and I feel pretty good about my short, tight, little knit group here. Uh, the six pack that I'm going with this week in the portfolio. Spieth, Henley, Scott, Kirk, Hayden, Buckley, Ben Griffin, right? That was the last one, Ben Griffin. Yes, correct. Okay, so that's the six for Joe. Yeah, that, I, I like that. That is pretty tight. You got the Flyers down at the bottom that, I mean, what did you say, 40th place or something like that? I'm, yeah. I'm pretty bullish on that. Okay, we'll see. Um, the chat's throwing theirs out here. Brett got Bez, Billy, KH Lee, Kevin Yu, and Carl Yuan. That's pretty interesting. He says Svenny got uh, stolen late too, from Brett. him. Uh, 
Brent got 12 guys. Siwoo, he got the Svensson share. So Brent, Brent was stealing from Brett. Brent. <laughs> coming down the stretch. And Joe coming down the stretch. Uh, Grayson Sig, Captain Kirk. That's Chris Kirk. Oh, boy, we're doing the names. Kitchen Sink, which I guess is Stuart Sink. The Kiz, which I guess is Kazire. Yeah. That says Thompson, but there's another Thompson that says Davey Thompson, which I assume is Davis Thompson. So is there Michael Thompson in the field? Yes, there is. Uh, uh, Sam Ryder, Kevin Yu, oh boy, and Gary Higgs. That was a lot harder than I thought it was. <laughs> well done, Rick. You're a pro. All, all these made-up nicknames that I had to fig- figure out. On the How spot. close did Sung Jay finish to Tom Kim? Yeah, a lot closer than I think we thought. So wow. Tom Kim, 1020, which is asking him to finish 11th or better. Sung J 955, which is asking him to finish 13th or better. So there was a, there was a, it was just that late. There was a late $2 charge from Sung J from basically 755 or 750 to 950. And then Tom Kim just got him at the end. Yeah. I was really wanting Sung J. I had a target on him of 875, which is basically top 15. I don't know why I thought I was going to get there. Clearly other people had the same thing in mind and he quickly sort of closed that gap. But when he was sitting there in the low sevens, I was thinking it would, you know, it might be a good night. Um, but I, I really like his chances this week and his upside in jock market. I mean, I guess get the clips ready. Corey Connors at $8, which is asking him to finish. I guess it's not the end of the world. 18th or better, but I do not see a scenario in which Corey Connors should be the third most expensive golfer in the jock market. He's not even the third. He's not even the third shortest odds in the betting market. And he's got the 12th pre-rank. It's a shortable number. $8. I don't mind it at all. Shortable. (laughs) <laughs> he loses he loses ties to Tom Kim, Brian Harmon, Sung JM, Jordan Spieth, Keegan Bradley, Billy Horschel, Hideki, KH Lee of all people, Adam Scott, Bazay Note, and Russell Henley. Loses ties to every single one of those guys. Yep. And he's been a consistent loser in terms of ROI. So um a lot of what, people What am I is like is does everyone know something that I don't know? I think it's the very first thing that you mentioned, and this is a play, and it's the the idea that this is a place he puts well. Um, I find that really hard to predict. Like, if you're not good at something, it's hard to do it really well five tournaments in a row at the same place. I don't think it has as much to do with the course as I just think it has to do with uh, him having a good week. And and we dove into a lot of the strokes gain stuff when when you know this past weekend. Yeah. And um, things can flip. You hole a forty foot putt, and all of a sudden that can flip things around for you. So um, very minute make miss type things can really sort of shift things around. I have a hard time putting my bankroll on Corey Connors having another three and a half to four strokes game putting week. I, I would love a no, a no sweat missed cut from this guy. Just yeah. like, you know, shoots, shoots two over on Thursday and never get, never just figures it out on even par, even par on Friday. And he can just go home. I, I just need that in my life right now. Yep. <laughs> uh, the next year, Harmon Spieth. Matsuyama Henley, I would probably not have them in that order, although Harmon sports the second pre-rank, which I guess is is fair, but nothing too egregious there. Nope, nothing egregious that I see either. Six bucks. Uh that goes Keegan Hoagie. Hoagie got Hoagie got a bad pre-rank at 17. KH Lee, Billy Horschel. Talk about that in a second. Taylor Montgomery, K 
Cam Davis, Keith Mitchell. That's that's fine. That Keith Mitchell, or excuse me, that Billy Horschel number, 633, 26th or better. Yeah, that's a good number. I mean, what you said had me concerned and was frankly enough to to kind of cross him off my favorites list, but um, I don't mind it. Yeah, we see guys say that all the time. You know, something's not right. I'm switching something up. I, I might withdraw. The fact is, if he's playing, he has enough talent to definitely win. It's actually probably pretty close. So he's plus 140 for top 20. So you give him a couple more spots, top 26, it's probably pretty close to even money. So that's, yeah. that's probably that's probably right. $5. Yeah. I'm just trying to see if anything stands out. Adam Scott's the ninth pre-ranked golfer went well below that in terms of the market, $5.89. You got shares of that. Yes. I think that's going to end up being pretty interesting. But is there anything else here that you think is of note? Siwoo is an interesting one to me. I didn't really know what to make of him this week. I think he's had some decent course history here and courses like this. He's just one of those guys that are really tough to predict, but um, he definitely is an interesting guy on the list there in terms of upside. Where did, uh, did you pass by Webb Simpson? Cause we didn't yeah, talk I about did. him, but that's an intriguing one for me just to watch this week. I want to see what happens. 499, which is basically 33rd or better. He has been a loser by at least 65% in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight markets. Yeah. I had him in one of those where I shorted him. What was it? Um, gosh, which one was it? Uh, maybe the, I think it was the RSM actually. And he was like first round leader that missed the cut. He made an, I, okay. I don't think I told anybody this. He made an ace. I congratulated him yeah. in the hotel. That's it. And I was like, that's awesome. That's like good. For he was like five under. He had an ace. I saw him at the hotel when we went back to the hotel. He was in great spirits. He went out and just Bob vomited on himself on Friday. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Missed the uh, it's been a lot of that for him. But like you keep wanting to think like, is this this is a great spot for Webb to turn it around, right? Like I thought that three or four times throughout last season and you well, play so Webb, Webb courses. Yeah. Yeah, but I'd probably I I I if there was a bet on him to make or miss the cut, I'd probably take miss the cut this week. Oh boy! Well, that is there. There's I'm I'm actually really excited for this because you know it's been what did we say you know six weeks since we've had a full field event, but mm -hmm. like the young guys, the story. There's just so many guys that I just want to see what the next six months looks like. Yeah, and we're gonna start that right now. Right now, baby, which is super exciting. So, um, it's only just begun. Right. If you want to get in there and short on Corey Connors, if you want to go in there and buy some more shares or do all that, like that is available to you. And then um, Joe, obviously that cut line, you know, that that Friday sweat being a little active in the jock market is going to uh or likely pay off for if you can kind of catch the right guys in the right in the right trajectory. Yeah, pay attention to the waves, pay attention to the weather. I don't know if I've saw anything significant on Friday, but um, something to note, definitely things can change quick there in Hawaii with the winds and that um, I think it was it was three years ago when Justin Thomas won. Uh, the winds were crazy and this course played so hard. Um, so given how tight and narrow the fairways are and the way the dog legs work, pay attention to the wind. But as you mentioned, you can buy and add more shares to your portfolio. You can list any of your guys for a price that you currently have shares of uh, as well as short players in the live market so from here until the end of sunday uh this thing is live and you can keep playing
Next week is the American Express, which is a weird event because they do the three course rotation. But I hate those. If you're paying attention in the jock market, you can rake because yeah. the courses all play different difficulties. You can kind of ride the ebbs and flows. You can understand the scoring averages across. So if you're if you're not paying attention, you might get smashed. But if yeah. you're paying attention, you can find some really interesting angles for next week. I agree. Yeah, it does. Like, I don't enjoy it as a viewer. Uh, but in markets like this where things are live and things are still moving, it does make a ton of sense to play because there's always one course that plays easier, whether it's here or whether it's at sort of the Pebble Beach rotation um, and finding guys in, in kind of moving in and out on players, I think right. could be a profitable approach if you just play the course fits and kind of pay attention to how scores are being posted throughout the day. We'll be back next week, same time, same place, 8, 15 p.m. Eastern time. Rick Run Good YouTube channel for another Jock Market Power Hour. But for now, follow Joe on Twitter. It's at TorPix, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been your Jock Market Power Hour for the Sony Open. Good luck.